It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacob. Has the first down of the big hole. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown, Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Raider Nation, it's Friday. Happy weekend to everybody. We got a long weekend. It's President's Day on Monday, so a lot of folks will be able to go out of town, those of us that are locals. Others will be coming into town to enjoy those extra 24 hours that they got. I know the traffic coming down from coming up from Southern California is going to be crazy, so please be careful on those roads. It's Friday. It's our final day of the week, and of course, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, there's always news to share with y'all because I mean that's the way that it's the the news cycle nowadays there's always something happening and today there's Raiders news on the why or why because the man that kicked off the 2023 season as a starting quarterback for the silver and black Jimmy Garoppolo has been suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance enhancing substances policy he won't be appeal the suspension And for the Raiders, that's news. Why? Because, yes, we all know that the plan is to move on from Jimmy G. But because he is suspended with this policy, that's going to be a financial hit for Jimmy G. It voids $11.25 million in his base 2024 salary that the guarantees from the Raiders that he was owed, that's voided. And... If he gets cut before the start of the new league year, that then that's also $11.25 million from the roster bonus. So the Raiders, they're going to end up saving $22.5 million if they end up cutting Jimmy G before the start of the new league year, which everyone assumes that's going to be the situation. Heck, you look at what happened on November 1st when Antonio Pierce was uh, assigned as the Raiders' interim head coach. He immediately said, Aiden O'Connell, would be the starter going forward. He made the quick decision to be like, hey, I've been a player on that field. I know what I want, and I've seen Jimmy G. I'm going the other way. That's pretty much what we knew was happening when he announced that Aiden O'Connell was the starting quarterback going forward. I'll say this. Garoppolo was a pro's pro. He never said anything bad he kept on practicing he was there in the locker room he was able to assist the young gun and he was able to be a pro's pro he didn't just disappear and was never to be seen again he wasn't doing press conferences anymore because he wasn't the starting quarterback anymore and at the end of the season he had a classy uh interview with the media when we were there for the day after the season ended for the silver and black so uh the jimmy garoppolo experiment i mean right here it takes a twist that i wasn't expecting when you go into this situation you're talking about performance enhancing substances you're like whoa wait What's going on here? And there's reports that uh, it's related to him using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption. So uh, 
when people say it's like I've read comments, some smart, you know what comments on social media uh, with people being like performance enhancing. Well, we didn't see a lot of performance being enhanced on the field when he was out there. He had a final shot when he was uh, out there as a replacement for uh, O'Connell towards the end of the season. Uh, but I mean, hey, for the Raiders, moving on was always a plan. Now it's even better. Because the team doesn't have to pay him the money that was guaranteed. And that's why you always got to read the fine print. And I know some agents, they would have put that on the fine print and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Take that off. And then he will sign the contract. But you go back to the Jimmy G saga with the Raiders. How it kicked off. I remember being at the Intermountain Health Performance Center in the media room with Tons of fellow media folks waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it was like, come on, man. This press conference was supposed to kick off two hours ago. And we're still here waiting for the starting QB for the Raiders. And something interesting, too. The Raiders, they had posted videos and photos of Garoppolo in the building and him talking with, um, I think it was Philip Dorsett who he shared a locker room with over there in New England. Uh, he was also talking, obviously, with Josh McDaniels, the then head coach for the Raiders, who he worked with uh, with the New England Patriots. And um, you saw that, and I was like, huh, interesting. Usually the Raiders, they don't say anything until literally the first one of the first photos of the team shared on social media on their website is literally the player signing their contract making their union with the team official but there they felt it was that big and they got the green light so they posted it and then we were shocked surprised that we had to wait another day for the signing to go through and of course the speculation started he's not healthy he's not Going to be able to sign the contract. He's still injured. He's still hurt. And there was some changes in the contract. Remember, there were some uh, uh, guarantees tied to him being able to perform once those uh, training camp practices kicked off. And the first day of training camp, he was there with the rest of the team. And he was healthy. He passed the physical. Everything was great and dandy. And that just lasted eight games. For the Raiders and out of those eight games or well eight weeks I'll say that the first eight weeks of the season out of those eight weeks he missed a pair of games with Aiden O'Connell jumping in uh, as a replacement when the Raiders visited the Chargers uh, in week four and then in week seven when they visited the Bears Brian Hoyer took over and we know how that goes so right now he's still under contract with the Raiders but we know uh, what's going to happen very, very soon because you look at everything, the paintings on the wall, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy G won't be a Raider. This news makes it even easier for the team to be able to take a step aside and let Jimmy G venture into other places. And now that's a big question. Will he have a spot in the NFL when it comes to being a starter elsewhere? And I think that's not the case. The good thing for him you look over at some of the contract numbers that he's made in the past, he's, he's got a couple of dollars in his bank account. One or two dollars more than my man Bobby Machado here under control, the controls. He's taken care of. So if he wants to keep playing in the NFL, he can keep playing in the NFL. If he wants to go and be become an influencer on social media, make his money that way, he'll be able to do so. I know he's got a lot of people following him that will uh, purchase some of the stuff that he's selling, but... 
good guy. Unfortunately, not a right fit. He wasn't the person that the Raiders were hoping he would be on the field, and the production wasn't there for the silver and black. So the big news today, Jimmy G suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. He will miss week one and two. Next season, he'll be able to practice with the squad during training camp, preseason. But once preseason ends, then he has to take a step aside and let everyone else practice until he can come back before week three. More than likely, won't be with the silver and black with the Raiders. So that's the big topic today. We're bringing it up right now because it came over towards the third hour with our friends over at the morning tailgate with Clay, Vinny, and Lindsay. And here we're just bringing it up to you in case you haven't been on social media today and you're driving or you're at work and you haven't been on your phone that much and you don't get those alerts from uh, multiple websites. Jimmy G suspended for two games. Game. So without him at quarterback, who's going to be the next quarterback for the silver and black? Well, today, the man that will be in charge of that unit, the offensive unit, the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, Luke Getze, he will have his first press conference as the offensive coordinator for the silver and black. And we will be carrying it here for you on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, the flagship of the silver and black. It's scheduled at 1215 p.m., but... We know that that's just the time that is set there, that hopefully it starts at that time. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. We will be here for you and take it live for y'all. So make sure that you are stay tuned. And I'm pretty sure the colleagues over at other uh, media outlets were here live so we can access and be able to ask those questions as well. They will be asking about that quarterback situation, about the way that Luke Getze uh, is uh, thinking that his offense should be looking. And we go over to Chicago. Great running game. Great running game. Didn't matter which piece was on the field, he was able to move the rock. The offensive line, they did their job. The running backs, they did their job. But you can't just base your offense in the NFL on running the football. You need to be able to spread the ball as well. You look over at a lot of teams now in the NFL, and they are more focused on other weapons. In the past, the running game was the beginning and end of a lot of offenses. And that would take you far in the NFL. Today, it's a component of your offense, a component of your football team, but it's not everything in your football team. So it'll be interesting hearing from Luke Getze, the new offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black. His introductory press conference, we will be carrying it live here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Also, I got two guests lined up today. We got Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. I always enjoy talking with him, his perspective. Um, there's a lot of people online, on social media, on YouTube that are Raider fans that put out content. There are some that go the extremely negative way of always throwing you-know-what at the wall and hoping they get views and interactions and people donating money to them and seeing what happens there. And that's part of the toxicity at times of the Raider Nation, that they follow people like that and that they always – think that they are right. But like, for example, I love uh, watching Raiders fan radio and listening to them because they always 
Keep it, keep it 100. They keep it down the middle. They don't go too far one way, too far on the other way. And Murph, he's leading the charge over there. And I love listening to his opinions. And he he always speaks his mind, and I enjoy it. So he'll be joining us here uh, after the Luke Getze press conference. And we got to see what he has to say about how the Raiders are moving their pieces, what he expects from the silver and black, what he would do with the quarterback situation. Because there are fans that are like, hey, you know what? Give up every first-round pick you got available right now to go get Caleb Williams or go get Jaden Daniels or go get Drake May. They want a quarterback through the draft. Others that say, hey, let's be a little bit more prudent because those first-round draft picks, they are big capital that you can use in the future and you can get pieces in the future. So we will keep that right there in mind. And actually, Luke Getze, he's about to kick off his press conference, so we're going to hand it over to the Silver and Black uh, YouTube page to listen to it. All right, we'll get started with questions. We'll go Paul first. Hey, Luke, Paul Gutierrez here from uh, ESPN.com. Number one, uh, what, what about the, the Raiders and this job in particular appeal to you to want to come in and, and take this job? And also, secondly, I know it's really early, but what about the news of, of Jimmy Garoppolo and the suspension and most likely not being here? How does that affect what you may want to do going forward? Yeah, uh, the, that second part I'm not familiar with just yet. Uh, but, but you talk about this uh, organization and the history of this organization. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to be a part of, of, of two other organizations that have that tradition and history. Um, and it's just something that like resonates in me. You know, I'm a, I grew up in Pittsburgh. So obviously the, the, as growing up and the, the Steeler Raider rivalry and all the cool stuff that's happened between those two, these two organizations. Um, so there's just always been a really cool respect that I've always had for the Raiders growing up. So that's the starting point to why you ever would want to be in the silver and black. And, and then you get the opportunity to get here and I came on the interview and got to not just meet AP, but everybody in this building. Um, something that's really important to me are the people. Like everywhere I've been, I've really tried to connect to everybody in the building, not just stick on that football side. And I love the the flow of this new building and how you're able to do that. You're able to be a, a part of all this thing because we're in this together. Like this isn't just about me or one player or anything. This is a this is an entire organization going to win. And and I just think it's really cool how they set this thing up to where we can all connect. And and, and it was obvious as soon as I walked in the building. Um, how important this family atmosphere is. And so I was really drawn to it. Hey, Luke, uh, congratulations. Um, had you met Antonio before this process and in the interview process, what was your guys' combined vision of the offense, how it's going to look, and what do you guys want to accomplish on that side of the ball? Um, I had not uh, met AP uh, prior to that interview. Um, but it was evident, like I said, when I walked in and the energy, the enthusiasm that he brings to uh, to work every single day was just something I was I was attracted to right away. And and, you know, as you talk about the vision of, of the offense, I mean, it's listen, it's all it, you always have to play into the players that, that you have and your best players got to be the one shining on Sunday. And so it's always about finding what everybody does best um, and, and, and finding, uh, you know, cool and unique ways to emphasize those things each and every week. And, and we always, we're, we're always going to start with talking about our play style and the mentality that we're going to bring. I mean, that's going to be evident. I use that phrase. I want, you know, we want as, a, as an offense, we want everyone to feel our film. We don't just want them to see it. And, like, that's going to be a big part of it. And I think that's where AP and I really hit off. 
Coach Q Myers from Raider Nation Radio 920, congratulations. Wanted to know what you learned from your experiences in Chicago as a first-time play caller for those two years and what you could take from those experiences and bring them to Las Vegas with the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, experience is, is like the, the best thing you can get, right? I, we talk about with quarterbacks all the time, like you getting on that game film, there's nothing like it. And that game experience gives you, gives you the most to grow from. And it's the same thing with me. You know, every game got a, you know, I found my, my way. I found my way to get through the process a little bit cleaner each and every week. And, and, uh, from season one to season two and the way that we were able to, you know, help those guys, you know, in season two, the guys like DJ and Cole have the best seasons of their career. Like that was, that's something that was a really cool thing that we were able to do and and uh, continue to grow there and then and like it's always about getting better every single day right so whether it's in the in the um, upstairs as, as an offensive staff or whether it's when you're with your players everything is always about getting better every single day and and being able to stick to that and and, and hold true to that was something that I was really proud of Luke Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated. I echo my colleague's sentiments of congratulations. Thank in you. talking to Devante last week, he talked talked about they came to you, they came to him, they talked to him. I'm just curious about that relationship with Devante, how special it is to have him as any weapon in whatever offense you run, but he specifically mentioned the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, Devontae entered the world in, in, uh, in Green Bay. That, that was how I was raised in this business, you know, in, in that Mike McCarthy West Coast style. And, and obviously there's the West Coast is a general term now. There's all, there's all these different flavors of it that, that everyone has kind of taken run with. And, and, and I think we'll have our own as well. And, uh, but when you're working with a guy like Devontae, I walked into a room as a young receivers coach and, and, um, you know, was really able to connect to him really uh, quickly. You know, I saw, you know, he's in the middle of a room with the, uh, with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, who have, who had, or, you know, at the, at the peaks of their career and accomplishing all these things and, and, uh, had been to Pro Bowls and, and Devonte, you know, he, he aspired to do that and more. And, and we were able to connect really well. And we, our relationship was such that, you know, I walked in, I'm a quarterback guy walking into the receiver room. And hopefully that those guys felt that I kind of brought that element to that room. So hopefully they're, you know, bringing that football IQ up a different way, even the quarterback, you know, through the quarterback's eyes, I think is really important. And I think that, you know, you're talking about one of the most, like spatial aware people I've ever been around and people, someone who's able to take information and make the most of it. And that, that, that's Tay. Like, so, you know, that 16 season was really kind of the beginning of when he was ready to take off as a pro. Luke, this is Pat at the Chicago Sun-Times. How are you? What's going on, buddy? It's good to see you. Um, I'm curious, you, you lived this here the last couple of years with the questions about Justin and what he can and can't do. Uh, how is he different now than he was when you got here, uh, when you got to Chicago? And, and what do you think his future can be, uh, whether it's with the Bears or somebody else? No, uh, tremendous growth for Justin. I told you, like I've said when I was there, like he's one of the, the best human beings I've ever got to work with. It's just the, the mentality that he brought every day, the consistent approach, um, the kind of man that he is. Um, uh, just really, it was a blessing to work with him. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he was someone that just came to work every day to get better and better. And I think he'll continue to do so. Uh, Coach, um, Mark Anderson, AP. Like, obviously, you've had a lot of success running the ball in Chicago. Do you envision that kind of approach here, or would you rather see more balanced uh, offense? 
No, you know, hey, we're all about winning here, right? That's whatever it takes to win. And 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 whether that's some weeks you got to run it more and some weeks you got to throw it more, whatever it takes. I think it's all about playing into the players that you have and, uh, you know, trying to get them to do the things that they do really well. And so whatever that looks like, we'll, we'll find out here this fall. But that, we'll take this off season to go ahead and figure out exactly what that is. Hi, Coach. Heidi Fang, Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm curious that uh, Antonio Pierce had said he was impressed with your offensive scheme when the Raiders faced the Bears this season. Uh, how did that conversation go with you two when you were going through the process of coming to the Raiders? No, yeah, that was a part of it. I think there was a part of the the interview, you know, where we sat and we all watched the that game and we talked about the, the, the whys and what we were doing and how we were doing it. And, and I think all that stuff was was you know, resonated with them. And, 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 and I think they kind of talked about how, you know, we kind of exposed a few things that helped them turn into the defense that they turned into. I think, you know, the, the success that, that, that we had here last year was, you know, from that point on was, was, you know, a little bit because of that. And we had some success and we had, we had the young kid playing quarterback. And, and so we were, you know, that, that part, that element of it too, was a different dynamic, having a new guy come in and, you know, playing the game just a little bit different as well. Hey, let's get uh, right to it. What are your impressions of this year's uh, quarterback draft class? Yeah, it's obviously an impressive one, right? I think there's a lot of different flavors, and um, I think it, it, I think it'll be. I'm going to have a lot of fun diving into it. I haven't gotten to that point where I, I could I could give you the evaluation on each guy, but I think that you know, watching from afar as watching that college football season, I think that that you know, this is a pretty cool year. There's a lot of different styles of, of guys and and uh, a lot of success that they've had in, in college. So I'm excited to get get down into that stuff. What, what you know, kind of on the same vein, Lou? What what kind of quarterback skill set fits best in the kind of offense you want to run that you envision? Yeah, there's not there's not one in particular. I mean, I, I think any time that you can get as many good players on your football team as possible, you can't. You know, I don't think it ever helps anybody to box yourself into a, a corner with it. They have to be this exact thing. I mean, um, I, I think you got to play into the players that you have and the, the, the things that they do really well. And and um, you know, I think that's what's cool about this draft. Like we talked about, there's a lot of different types of guys, and it's about who can do things, you know, to the to the level that's a difference maker, right? You try to get as many dynamic guys on your team as you can, and uh, that I don't, you know, I wouldn't ever want to box myself into a corner with one particular style. Luke, I'm curious what your last month has been like. Uh, do you sit down and, and think? what you would do the same, what you would do differently. And I'm sure those questions are asked of you as you're interviewing for jobs. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of take a look at what you guys did holistically with the Bears and, and then present a plan going forward based on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's something that I do in my life with a, pretty much everything. You, own, you, 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 you go do something and then you have to reflect on it and then you have to grow from it and, 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 and you know, try to do better, whether how good it was or how maybe not so good it was. And so, of course, there was time for reflection. Um, but the competitive spirit in me, like, was getting right back into it and ready to rock and roll. And I took this opportunity to, you know, I interviewed a lot of places to 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 meet as many people as I could. And it was a really cool experience. And this was like like this was just an incredible opportunity here that that um, I was really excited about because of one the organization that it is and then two the people in the building were just incredible. We'll do three more questions: Vinny, Hondo, and Q. Hey, Luke, uh, Vinny Monster with the Las Vegas Review Journal. Welcome to Las Vegas. Thank you. Man. Um, you know, looking at 
your guys' numbers from, from last year, Cole Komet, uh, young tight end, uh, was featured pretty prominently in your offense. Uh, the Raiders have a young tight end in Michael Mayer, and I'm sure you uh, dug into him a little bit last year coming into uh, the draft. What are your um, – you know, uh, what, what are your impressions of Michael Mayer and how he could fit in your offense? Yeah, I think the the cool thing about him is is that, uh, you know, a little bit like Cole, he's a, a cool blend at tight end. He can do a little bit of everything, right? He, um, anytime that, you know, you're evaluating players, you're trying to see, like, how diverse they can be. The flexibility with before a player just allows you to be more dynamic as an offense, and I think that's what's, you know, really exciting about working with Michael. Luke, I'm curious, obviously the Raiders are going to need to add a quarterback, whether it's free agency or draft, but Aiden O'Connell is in-house and a guy that AP installed when he took over his interim. What's your initial thoughts on Aiden O'Connell, please? Yeah, I think, you know, what a, you know, anytime you have a young guy like that that can come in and play as well as he did, there, you know, without getting to know him yet well enough, I think it just speaks volumes of the type of, of guy that he is. Like, without even knowing him or talking to him about what anything yet, I could tell you right now that guy's got to be someone that prepares his butt off and, and, and like is a great teammate. I mean, for for the guys to rally around him the way that I saw from the outside looking in, and the, for him to go to perform the way that, that he did in the the, the the end of that season, that just speaks volumes. So I'm excited to get to know him. Excited to work with him for sure. Coach, you've worked with a quarterback that has the athletic ability to get out of the pocket at any time and, and pick up some big yards with his legs. You've also worked with quarterbacks that can stand in the pocket and just throw the ball around the yard. Can you uh, give us the kind of pros and cons, and is there a preference that you have? Well, I th- I, kind of like anything, you, you'd, you'd like everything to have. You'd like to have a little bit of everything, right? And I think, uh, you know, in this game, I think it's really important that. Um, you have some type of escapability. Doesn't mean you have to be as dynamic as Justin was, but I think you have to have escapability. You got to be able to have the second chance and create the, the the extended play, whether it's just slide in the pocket or whether it's extending it with your feet outside the pocket. So all those things are di- really important. You, you got, it was on display in the Super Bowl as we just saw here in Vegas the, the other day. Like that ability of both of those guys to create the second chance of the play is is an important part in our league. And when you're trying to go win games, you got to be good at third down in, in the red zone. And and when you when you're good at those two things, it's usually because your quarterback, uh, you know, has some kind of cool dynamic to be able to spit the ball around. Um, you know, we, which we were pretty good at that thing the last two years. There's Luke Getze's introductory press conference. We carried it live. The, he was out there at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. All the reporters were uh, via Zoom asking questions. The, my favorite part of that press conference was him saying that he wants everyone to feel the film, not just watch it. And that is big, in my opinion. Let's go to a quick break. Raider Nation, don't forget, Modelo is an official beer of Allegiant Stadium and an official cerveza of the Raiders. Drink responsibly this awesome weekend. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. After, we'll be right back with Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Eleven seconds to go. Shotgun to a cop. JT the Brick Show with today's guest host Harry Ruiz. 
11 seconds to go. Shotgun to O'Connell. Backpedaling, backpedaling, lobbing to the end zone, trying to get Adams. Makes the grab. Touchdown, Raiders. He was waiting for the ball to fall out of the sky, and he caught it five yards into the end zone on the near sideline. And the Raiders just marched 98 yards before halftime to score. Now let's see how Luke Getzey is able to get the best out of Devontae Adams. Luke Getzey, the new offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black, who you just heard have his introductory press conference live here on Raider Nation Radio. Let's remember that Luke Getzey got to work with Devontae Adams in his time with the Green Bay Packers. He was the quarterback's coach over there in Green Bay in 2019, and then the quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator from 2020 to 2021. He was one of the hot free agents when it came up to the offensive coordinator position in the 2022 cycle. He ended up getting hired by the Chicago Bears. He was there the past two seasons where his running game was incredible. The passing game, not so much. Let's see if the silver and black with the pieces that they have right now are able to change that. And of course, when you look over at the pass catches that the Raiders have, you talk about Devontae Adams, one of the best in the game, one of the best in the last decade, one of the most consistent guys in heck. People look at this past season and say, that was a down year for Devontae Adams. Well, a lot of folks would love to have a a year with those kind of stats in a great year. 1,144 yards eight touchdowns, 103 catches. That's his fourth consecutive season with over 100 catches and over 1,000 yards uh, via the air game. You add Devontae Adams to a Jacoby Myers on the other side. Kobe having a record year this season. His first full season with the Raiders, he had more total touchdowns than he had in his first four years as a pro in 60 games with the New England Patriots. Of course, uh, Michael Mayer, a rookie who who had a good rookie season despite him in some games not being looked for as much as the Raider Nation would have loved him to be a target out there on the field he's a big dude he's a guy that every game we saw him grow Trey Tucker Hunter Renfro the list goes on and on and the Raiders then you look over at that running back position that's a big question mark is Josh Jacobs coming back let's remember last season he had a standoff with the front office he didn't want that franchise tag He wanted a contract extension. There came a moment where he couldn't get a contract extension, so they ended up doing a deal for one year with a little bit extra money, so he stayed with the team. Antonio Pierce stays with the Raiders. Josh Jacobs said that he wanted to stay with the Raiders if AP continued as a head coach. Now, will he be able to stay or not? That's a big question mark. The offensive side of the ball, that's where we need to improve big time this season compared to last. President's Day weekend. It's a fantastic weekend to enjoy some tequila, Comisario, the most awarded tequila. It's the Ferrari of tequila. Get yours now, a proud partner of the JT The Brick Show. Commercial break. We'll be right back here on the JT The Brick Show. To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Second and eight from the 12, O'Connell. Play action, he rolls out to the right. He's got a wide open tight end. Mayor at the 10, five. He walks into the right pylon. Touchdown Raiders. 
right on cue. They take advantage of another takeaway, and they are blitzing the Chargers here on Thursday night. Just like the team took advantage of that takeaway, you take advantage of being able to have the winning team on your side when you need them the most. To Castro Verde Law Group, save this phone number, 702-222-9999. Alex and Orlando, they're following the footsteps of their father, Waldo. Why? Because they treat you like family. Call to the Castro Verde Law Group, 702-222-9999. When you got that personal injury situation, when you find yourself in a car accident, they are the team that you want to have by your side. And someone that you always want to have by your side If it's at a bar, if it's at a tailgate, if it's at the stadium, he's always a fun conversation to have is my guy Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Murph, good afternoon. Always a pleasure being able to catch up with you. How are you? Brother Harry, I'm doing better now that I get a chance to catch up with you. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate seeing you at the last game of the season out there, coming out to the tailgate and and saying hi. And always appreciate that when uh, when you get a chance to come out and make a rounds and take pictures with everybody, and we always we always appreciate seeing you and always enjoy talking to you, my friend. Hey, you know it's all love, brother. You know I'm a big fan of you and your group and everything that you guys got going on. So tell me, what did you like about Luke Getze right now in this introductory press conference? I love the quote that he said, want everyone to feel the film, not just watch it when they're seeing the Raiders on video, when they're analyzing the Raiders as a future opponent, and that's something that, I mean, today – Getsy said that he had never met Antonio Pierce until he interviewed with the Raiders, but that he knew what Antonio Pierce was bringing to the table. Did you like the Luke Getsy, um, uh, what he brings to the table now with the Raiders after being the offensive coordinator two years with the Bears? Yeah, I, I do. I was I was encouraged by. Of course, you know it's um, it's always encouraging after the press conferences, even if we have any sort of you know uncertainty or sometimes skepticism. And you know, Raider Nation loves to have a good. Uh, you know, heated conversation and debate. Uh, I'll say that nicely on on social media. So it's always good to see um, when the, when these folks get a chance to get in front of the cameras and and get to answer questions. And I'm with you. And and that a term like that, like feel the film, that that reminds me of some Antonio Pierce stuff. You know, we hear a lot of, of about that about the physicality of the of the Raiders since Antonio Pierce took over. We've even heard some of the the Chiefs players and coaches make comments about what it, what a change that. Was in their season when they when they had to play the Raiders because they did. They felt the Raiders. And so I, I really uh, thought that was a good comment from him. And something else that he said too, Harry, that jumped out at me, I love the idea that he's looking to adjust to the talent that's already in the building. And, of course, we've got free agency in the draft to go through as well. So this team uh, dynamic in terms of personnel we know is certainly going to still change. But that idea that he's not bringing in a system and expecting everybody to adopt to that, because it always seems like those types of – mentalities take time and i'm a big fan of the of the saying you know the culture eats strategy for breakfast you can come up with the greatest scheme in the world um, we, we've seen that we've seen what gurus look like and uh, and have it you know lead to um you know not successful seasons and, and outcomes that we would like so I, I just love the idea that uh with the culture shift that's already begun with the raiders and now adding in a guy like luke getsy who's willing to bring his offense and mold it around the existing talent i think it's 
we're in for, we got a lot to be excited about going into this season. Yeah, we've seen coaches not only in football but all around sports where it's my way or the highway. And I got a feeling that Luke Getzey, with what he said today, that it's all about winning, whatever it takes. When it was brought up that his rushing offense has been a dominant force, but the passing not so much, and what could Raider fans expect? Hey, it's all about winning, and if there's games where running the football is going to win us games, we're going to run it. If there's games that passing the football is going to win us the games, we're going to pass the football. And the Raiders, they have weapons. And Murph, I mean, the potential was there. Now you just have to execute it. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do in terms of even adding, like I, like I said, even more dynamic players uh, to the offense. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun. I also enjoyed uh, hearing him discuss a little bit about his thoughts about Justin Fields and when they talked to him about you know, what his ideal version of a quarterback, he's looking for somebody that's got a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, my buddy Mo Moten over at Silver and Black today talks about functional mobility all the time and that idea of getting having somebody that's not necessarily going to you know, you know, lead the team in rushing like Justin Fields, but to have somebody that can create, that can extend plays, that can make throws outside the pocket, that idea of you know, when it's third and seven, can, can you have a quarterback that can take off and, you know, and, and you know, convert on that by running for nine yards or whatever. And I think that that's, that's something to look forward to as well um, as, as we see that, again, the offense start to really flush out and you know and then defense man when you go to that side of the ball I, I know you didn't ask but I'm just I'm fired up for the defense oh, man. man this is going to be an exciting team to watch I was just watching the video of Max Crosby watching the game over at at a cigar lounge this past Sunday, the Super Bowl, when uh, the Chiefs scored the game-winning touchdown. His boys all around him were going crazy. He was just like nodding his head like, all right, let's get this. Let's get to work. And I'm just hyped about that situation. I'll ask you this question. I know that JT has a uh, – he was – I heard him on the radio on Tuesday when a fan brought up that – the fan wanted the Chiefs in week one. He wanted to be a part of that Thursday night football game where the Raiders would face the Chiefs. Me personally, I would like that too, to just go out there and hit them in the mouth and start the season off that way. What's your point of view? Would you want Raiders Chiefs in week one over there in Arrowhead or not? Yeah, I, I, I would love that. I would, I, would, I would love to see that and, and immediately establish what the 2024 Raiders are going to be about. We, I, I think we all know what it's going to be about, but to see it and for the world to see it as the Chiefs are unveiling their banner or doing whatever they're doing, I absolutely think that, Harry. And something else, too, that's really, really landed with me this during this postseason run has been, you know, I think as Raider fans, we're about tired of rooting for other teams to beat the Chiefs. And I, I know that, that, that we took them out. Uh, you know, once this this past season, uh, as Antonio Brown, you know, sweeps the uh, Antonio Brown, Antonio Pierce sweeps the division, and so th- that was a, that was an incredibly encouraging outcome in his early tenure as a Raiders head coach. So it's we don't we're, we're tired of rooting for other teams to be. We need to be the ones that beat the Chiefs. We need to be the ones that take them out. Antonio Pierce also said during Super Bowl week that it doesn't have to go through that team in red. They have to come through us. And I and let's establish that. Out of the gate, I'm with you. Week one, Raiders Chiefs. You can't get a bigger rivalry in sports. And I've had some younger fans come at me over the past year or two, saying they're like, "Well, the rivalry isn't what it once was." And I, I holler BS at that. This rivalry is as healthy as it ever was, and in fact, it's healthier now than it may have even been in, in, in I don't know, the last however many years. 
I understand their dominance, but I understand also that it's a, there's a different autumn wind that's getting ready to blow here in 2024. And, Harry, I, I'm fired up. I'm th- I think we can do it. I mean, it's always a dogfight. And, look, of course, a lot of people are focused right now on the Chiefs because they have won three Super Bowls recently because they seem to be always now in the AFC Championship game. But I say the same thing. When we go against the Chargers, it seems like every year we split. It doesn't matter if it's Vegas, if it's L.A., if it's Oakland, if it's San Diego, we're splitting. If we go over to Denver, yeah, we're dominating them right now, but it's always a dogfight out there. And if it's the Chiefs, they've had our number the last couple of years. But look, we were the last ones to punch them in the mouth and get a win. So hopefully, I I want that to be week one. And the way things are looking, I hope that that's how it happens. I got to ask you, Murph, about the big news today. Jimmy Garoppolo being hit with the two-game suspension for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substance policy. What's your take on that? Were you surprised? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I think that it's unfortunate sometimes some of the things that the guys get popped for, and I don't know the, the conditions of what it was, and what, but it's, I think sometimes, it, you know, it's not like they're really trying to cheat a thing or get an edge unfairly or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so I don't, who, who knows if it's something like that. All I'll say is this, though, it's really convenient for the Raiders, and I think that that's, if anything, that's the, the, the silver lining here is that now we're going to get end up by not having to pay his guaranteed money, we end up with an additional $10 million in cap space, and we got to eat the $17 million in dead money, um, which we knew was coming anyways. And so, you know, as the, as I, I can't remember. When was the exact date that they, they designated him to be cut? It was like right as, right as the league started, like three days after the league start or whenever the, whatever the case is. So it's just really fortunate for the Raiders as we, you know, start to look to move on into the next – you know, however long uh, by assigning a franchise uh, quarterback to the position that this is a certainly a, a nice way for us to transition out of the old and into the new. Now let's stay with the offense, but the running game. Josh Jacobs, do you keep him? Do you don't keep him? Do you go with Zeus, with Zamir White? Uh, if you are the Raiders GM, the team's head coach, what would you do, Murph? I'm 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 doing everything I can to keep Josh Jacobs, and I think that Antonio Pierce would 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 agree with that. Where I don't think it's healthy, and listen, and I know, I don't begrudge anybody for making money, and I'm a capitalist at heart. I don't begrudge any of these guys, but in terms of the competitiveness of our team, that's the reason that we talk about money so much when it comes to player contracts. It's because we're impacted by the salary cap, and we have to be considerate of that as fans. So all my comments, please just know that Raider Nation that they are. I hope Josh Jacobs makes as much money as he possibly can. And, and I also hope that he's willing to negotiate with the Raiders because I, I don't think that if he's looking for absolute top dollar at that position, is he going to get that from the Raiders? I think, unfortunately, he's got a little bit of an injury history uh, to be considered and, uh, and, and sometimes in, in flashes lacks of productivity. So I, I think there are some questions in there. But being the idea that he has excelled and he has excelled with Antonio Pierce as his, as his head coach, and we know what kind of an offense that Getsy wants to run, I think he could be an integral part of the team as long as he's willing to accept the deal that's you know, under maybe even what his perception of market value would be. So outside of that, outside of him just saying like, no, I just, I want to just absolutely make as much as I can and, you know, and end up having him go to wherever outside of that. Yeah. I think the Raiders got to absolutely put good faith into everything they can, they can do uh, to keep the guy around. I mean, he's, he's, he's a true Raider. I mean, there's, you can't get, 
uh, more Raidery than, than, than Josh Jacobs. And, and so I, I hope, and I think a lot of us fans are hoping, and I think a lot of people on the staff are hoping that Josh sticks around, but that's going to ultimately come down to what him and his agent want to do. We're catching up with Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Murph, now same scenario. You're either the GM or the head coach. Quarterback, where do you go? Do you go with the vet that's available in free agency that you can sign in mid-March, or do you go the draft route in April and get somebody from the draft? And if that's the case, who? I, I'm a firm believer that NFL teams should draft quarterbacks and and not stop drafting quarterbacks until they get the one that they need. And and you know, I know franchise quarterbacks are, are few and far between. It's tough. It's tough to find Mahomes. It's tough to find Joe Burrow. It's tough to find Jalen Hurts. It's tough to find those guys. So, but I'm you. Every year in the NFL, it is demonstrated. No matter what, you have to have a solid franchise quarterback and a borderline elite quarterback to truly excel in the in the postseason. It just we see it. All the time, and even when you have an elite quarterback, you can excel in the regular season and still struggle in the postseason. So it's, I'm a I'm a believer that the Raiders not necessarily mortgage all of their future. I don't expect them to see a you know landmark you know earth shifting trade to move up and get Caleb Williams. I don't think that. But if there's an opportunity for us to move up to three and to grab a guy like Jaden Daniels, which we know that there's a relationship already there between him and Pierce and the Raiders. I would love to see the Raiders do something like that. But that at the same time, I'm also not opposed to seeing how the draft board falls. And if, and if Bo Nix is still around at 13, should the Raiders feel like that that's their guy, then, then that, I, I think that would be okay too. Ultimately what, what I, I think of it like this, Harry, Whatever they do and whoever they identify as the guy, they've got to hit on it. And that's, to me, the most important thing. That There's a lot of discussion amongst us Raider fans about, like, moving up or moving down and where should we go. And who, Ultimately, we just have to hit when we're there. That's what it – because we've had, unfortunately, a history of missing on these top picks. And so it didn't matter where on the board we were. We weren't landing anybody um, that was, you know – justified the draft pick at the time. So I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. But if you're asking me just what, what Murph would do, I would pretty much try to make a play for that third spot and go to Jaden. Got, got our fingers crossed that the Raiders make the right call and that the Raider Nation, look, if they, whoever they pick, the Raider Nation has to have their back and hope that they are the guy that takes this franchise to that next level that the fans have been waiting for. Murph, tell folks where they can follow you, where they can follow Swag Jeff, where they can follow the whole crew over at Raiders Fan Radio and all the great work that you guys do. Oh, thank you, Harry. Yeah, so we are uh, Raiders Fan Radio. You can find us on any of the social media platforms and also YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. We go live typically every Wednesday night uh, out there at 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, so you can look for us there. And our nonprofit is the One Nation Foundation. All the money that we make with Raiders Fan Radio, we give 100% of that away to the to the foundation, uh, which uh, benefits Raiders-related charities like the good folks at the Bolitnikoff Foundation, uh, like the good folks at Raider Dad, who are taking underprivileged kids and their parental figures to Raider games? Uh, even the Max Crosby Foundation we supported this year. Um, so we're uh, you know we're sharing the uh, Raider Nation's generosity uh, in the communities that they love and, and with some amazing organizations. And so uh, if you can, Raider Nation, uh, One Nation Foundation, even if you don't support it directly monetarily, just help us out at Raiders Fan Radio with a like, a subscribe, a thumbs up. All that stuff uh, helps because it generates advertising opportunities for us, and so does a platform. 
like this, Harry. And I can't thank you enough, my friend, uh, for welcoming me uh, on the on the show. As always, this gives us such an amazing voice for the foundation, and we can't appreciate you enough. Hey, absolutely. Much respect and love out there to the Raiders fan radio family. Murph, have a fantastic weekend, my brother. Hope to catch up with you soon. All right, absolutely, Harry. Look forward to it. There he goes, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Make sure you follow them on social media. You follow them on YouTube. They do a great job talking about silver and black football, and it always is awesome being able to hang out with them. And I always see folks out there at the tailgates with Woodson Whiskey. Make sure you get yours at over 70 grocery stores in Las Vegas and fine liquor stores. WoodsonWhiskey.com. This is the JT The Brick Show. Our number one is in the books. We kick off our number two with Jesus Lopez, Spanish voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Nights.